Recorded live. Praise the Lord. This is the International Tabernacle of Deliverance, Holy Community Priest, and this is Pastor Barbara Burst. I uh, had a little problem trying to get on, and I don't know as to why. And I see that I have uh, two episodes that didn't pull up, so I got to go in there and see what's going on. But I just want to give you a little bit of information about the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms, chapter 1. You know, we're all going through, but I like it because we're all coming out. (laughs) I like what God do. I might be sad behind it sometimes. I might be, praise God, going through many things. But I don't lose the faith, and I trust in God. We have a key figure, and his name is David, King David. And David always, through the midst of his storms, then the falsely accused God. No, give up on God. And I want you to know that that's the most important thing in our lives to do is it's adhere to the wheel. Don't give up. Just be like a crazy man like I am. I lay down. Demons are fighting. I wake up. Demons are fighting. But I won't give up. I won't give up. I hope this records today because my other two messages did not record. Praise the Lord. I just give God the glory. God, we just ask you to touch today. Amen. And whatever the enemy trying to do to ambush or stop the message or stop the wheel, uh, we know that you are in control. So we ask you, Lord God, to send forth audience. Uh, this uh, page needs to be filled with people that really want the Lord. So I'm asking you, God, to move by your spirit today and let somebody hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. In the name of Jesus, we bind up Lucifer, we bind up all manner of hindrance of sickness and disease, lies and step or deception. Uh, he came to me with some stuff this morning that I bind him in the name of Jesus. And I ask God to move by his spirit. Um, and begin to help us. Amen? So, Lucifer, you are defeated. I don't have to holler and rage and stomp my feet. I just said a word and you're defeated. Like you tried to. Uh, still this morning for me, you weren't able to do it. God did a thing for me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Trying to get this... Speaker going, I don't know if it's in the right outlet. 
I'm coming just like I am. You know, (laughs) David said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. This is, I'm telling you, it's um, a lamb slaughtering walk. The lambs are killed every day. But lambs don't complain. When they are laid over on their back to be slaughtered, their legs stiffen up and their bodies stiffen up to the point that they are prepared. They're not um, what you say, not made ready. God has made them ready. And so I want to do a series of teaching on Psalms. Amen. And we must understand that the Bible was written years ago by many scholars, but today the King James Version is the most popular. Hallelujah. <laughs> In 1611, uh King James gave permission for the Bible to be written so that all could read it because back then it was the Roman Catholic Bible and nobody could read it but the priest. 
And the people were robbed because there was no explanation, uh, just reading of the scriptures. And uh, you can get no uh, understanding of it when they read it. And they couldn't interpret, you know, what they read. But the uh, dialect was different from what it is uh, today. So we can imagine the dialect uh, and the era that King James was in uh, and also what uh, dialect King David was in when he wrote the Psalms. Amen, praise God. And then he spoke uh, Hebrew language. Amen, praise God. But I thank God because the same thing King David went through, we are going through it, the spiritual attacks as well as the natural attacks. When the lamb died, it dies uh, and the flesh is uh, destroyed. But the spirit of that lamb, which is us like that, amen, praise God, are renewed day by day. So, that, so there's no reason to give up. And if he's slaying us, he's slaying us for a reason. It don't feel good. You see your loved ones and your friends and all of that going through many wickedness of uh, satanic attacks. We are put in jail. Uh, We fight against our own uh, family. The siblings fight. Mom and dad get a divorce. Children on drugs and all kind of illicit sexual acts that we didn't even participate before we got saved. Because Satan always bring in something different uh, from the salvation uh, of the, and before we got saved, he always tried to bring in something different you never did. And, and uh, then when you tried, <coughs> the Bible would say, when lust is conceived, it brings forth death. And so when all of these attacks come upon us, amen, praise God, is to kill us out. Jesus said we don't die in him, but we sleep in him. And we are renewed in him, the spirit and the, the uh, flesh supposed to be renewed. I got that renewal over 29 years ago. And for 26 years, I've been in a battle to keep the renewal, to keep the the call, to keep the acceptance uh, of what God did when he, his son died on the cross for me and shed his blood. So, I'm being renewed, you're being renewed every day. And our key is, faith is the key. And it unlocks 
all of the Christian doors. It don't unlock the demonic doors. They're being kept locked. God's uh, son said he'll give us the keys of heaven and whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in earth. In, in earth. And whatever we loose on earth shall be loose in earth. So we got the keys that are there to put, uh, protect us from being destroyed, even though we might sometimes go out of range and go into other territories. God will work us back into the ark of safety, and then he'll lock the door. The Greek, uh, the Hebrew and Greek translation and the dictionary in order to give a definition of what was a man spoken uh, back then, we use the these translations to give us an understanding. Now, when God called me forth, he called me as a King James Version uh, Bible scholar. He didn't call me forth as a New International or uh, all of these other uh, prints that are out today because that's what he wanted me to learn by, by the Holy Spirit and to do research. And he would uh, plant the seeds of righteousness. If you look at yourself, uh, one of the things he does is, like I said, plant the seeds of righteousness in us. And they cannot be uprooted, but at the same time, the tar can come in. And uh, God's angels remove the, will remove the tear from us. But we have a renewed mind, and we are supposed to be like the wine in the wine skin. You don't put new wine in an old wine skin bottle. Why? Because the new wine will eventually begin to fermentate. And once it starts fermentating, amen, it's going to grow to the capacity that the old wine skin will begin to burst behind the pressure. Satan wants to stay the wine skin that's upon your life so that you can never come out of that by the renewing. The new wine will end up spilling over. So he plays all kind of mind tricks to keep the old wine skin intact and the new wine where it cannot permutate. And with him, he's going to always be, be defeated because if you trust in God, then uh, he's going to always bring you out. I don't care how hard to get. Uh, some of us going to die on our crosses. Some of us going to 
literally uh, faint on our crosses and give up. That was one uh, particular scripture whereas as the two men were on the on their cross with Jesus, one said, if you be the son of God, why don't you come down and deliver yourself? And the other one, he spoke up and he told uh, the uh, other uh man that was hanging on the tree, he told him, he said, oh, what you need to do, he said, you need to shut up. We are guilty. This man is not guilty. Jesus is not guilty, saints. And what you need to do is um, just just shut, shut up. That's what he was saying. But he said, when you go up to paradise, remember me. That's all we're supposed to be doing in the midst of our cross bearing. Is Jesus suffering, died, bloodshed, and the cruelty that he had, but also that he would remember us. This world is not going to treat us right, but if he remember us, when it's time for us to die on that cross, we'll go home. Immediately when Jesus died, that man died too. But his suffering was over. I'm not going to guarantee you a jump and go and get it live. And you all of that in a bag of chips, won't you say? I wished I could. But we all bear a cross, and I, I, I'm one that's bearing mine every day. I cry and go on. I jump around and go on, but I stay with Jesus. I'm a fanatic about God, and I love Him. I love Him, but I'm learning how to take this cross and carry it. And die on it. Because if I die with him, I'll live with him. I'll sleep with him. So there's nothing out of order. When we are in afflictions, we are being made not to do that thing. I told you I was going to teach. Amen. Praise God. On give God the glory the discernment and what God does with the discernment. Because when we get out in the realm, amen, we got to know that we know that we know that um, we are able to discern the difference between what is good and evil because there's evil out there. And the mind can be tricked. That's why the mind has to be renewed every day. Because it be done lost its focus. It be done lost all because Satan is coming presenting things and stuff. And it's just horrible. I uh, have 
a lady uh, that I know, and she went uh, left. She began to mess around uh, and do things she wasn't supposed to do. Her bar friend apparently must continuously, uh, he would stay in a rage, but at the same time, something happened. And uh, this lady was telling me the girl's boyfriend is supposed to go to jail for prison for a long time. I didn't get the reasons as to why, but I asked God, you know, I don't care what state you're in, to heal them because they are going through something. There's a demonic oppression. I had witnessed to the man some time ago and told him about uh, God and doing the things that he's supposed to do uh, towards his life and his walk uh, that he's supposed to have had with God. But I believe that when his girlfriend got uh, and was going through this this thing that uh, he must have lost it and he began to do things that he was not supposed to do. So now uh, I don't see him, but I can pray for both of them because they were saying that the girl was just merely a nervous wreck. She's about to go crazy. Well, she's going that way because she made the wrong choices. And God don't want us to make the wrong choices. That's why he loads us with benefits every day. That's why he's renewing our mind every day because we're going to need it. Amen. Praise God. Cross bears have to learn how to manipulate their bodies in order to hurry up and sleep with God. Those that don't know it, the struggle on the cross is made unbearable for them. That's why the soldiers went up and pierced all of them in their sides, pierced them. But when they got to Jesus and pierced, uh, now uh, they pierced Jesus in his side, but uh, with the others, he, they broke their legs so that they could suffocate. But when they got to Jesus, Jesus was already dead. And in order to prove it, they went and pierced him in his side. Some of us going to get pierced, and some of us, amen, going to have to have our legs broken. Uh, those that, amen, praise God, believe like what I'm dead, and those that uh, didn't believe. So King David, amen, praise God, during his time wrote the Psalms, and he was familiar with suffering. He was familiar with grief. He was familiar with sorrow. Amen, praise God. And I got a teaching on grief that I'm going to do. But he was at the point where as everything was made open. That's why God told Satan, don't touch Job's soul. Once you touch the soul, everything is made open, the good and the evil. And you have to be able to discern the difference between what's good and evil. So God kept Job intact 
by keeping his soul from being tampered with. Satan don't care anymore. He wants your soul and he wants your spirit. Didn't the Bible say that in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1? That devil wants your soul and your spirit. He wants your spirit to act just like the flesh man, the soulish man, uh, and do things like it. It lusts, it want to do everything because it's not being tempered. And so God is tempering us through our cross. He's making it available. He's making it right through our cross. So King David was uh, one that was uh, experienced in the suffering and the rejection and the hatred and all that violence constantly. And when he wanted to build God a temple, he said, now you can get the treasures, the money and all that thing, but you didn't didn't shed too much blood. So I won't let you do it, but I'll let your son do it. Some of us today have to pass the mantle on to our sons because of the way Satan has done us. And so uh, by King David's discernment and calling on God and keeping that relationship with God, even to the cross, his cross, they say he died from a venereal disease. But he had also a lot of other things. But he said, no, you slay me, Job said, yet will I trust you. So King David was uh, one that uh, used illustrations, and it was often used uh, in the Bible, all kinds of illustrations, because they didn't know of modernization. They could not imagine of the technology that we have today. We got technology and cell phones and all kind of technology to the point that, amen, praise God, man can see what the technology can do and uh, cause harm, a distraction, or even death through technology. This girl friends on this little old phone talk they do. Uh, they didn't vote her as being, being beautiful. That girl carved um, too fat on her belly with a knife, then turned around and killed herself over words. Satan is a word Devil, he's not a god. They call him the god of this world. But he uses words of distraction. He uses spells to influence you to the point that you can't discern or reason or logic of what is good and, and what is evil. So we all going to go through the process. We all going to be tested. And we all going to... Make it. We won't fail, not messing. We give up on God. So I'm telling you, don't give up on God. David didn't. King David had an orchestra of 4,000 musicians. Yeah, he was a pastor. And he preached in the congregation that came before him. When it was time for him to preach, he played music all the time that was 
beautiful worship music, instrumental as well as vocal, going up to the Lord. You need to do a lot of things. Read the Bible, worship. You need to pray. You need to give Father God thanks because he's not the enemy. Don't think bad of him. I I do it. Uh, 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 I used to do it and say, God, you know, you just ain't and blah, blah, this. But I never accused him. I never accused him. And if I did, I heard up and repented. So David knew how to woo God. David knew how to thank God. David knew how to reverence God. David knew how to trust in God. David knew how to bless God. And he used it in Psalms, and we are the ones that's supposed to grab hold to this information and let it be a comfort, amen, to our souls. David had an orchestra of 4,000 people, amen. He made the harp, the parsley, the flute, the wind instruments, pipes, horns, trumpets, drums, timbrels, and cymbals. First Chronicle 23, 5, King David said he made them, amen, all, amen, praise God. Amen, praise God. So as we look into Psalms 1, the Bible says in the translations, amen, praise God, in their uh, way of talking as King James wrote it. He said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sit in the sweet seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law do he meditate day and night. God, keep that word before you, thanks. Amen. Praise God. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And uh, it brings forth, amen, fruits uh, of his own kind during his own season. Amen. I just had that in there. His leaves also shall not wither, and whithersoever he do it shall prosper. Then God had not so. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love this woman. But I like the chaff which the wind drive it away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand. Amen. Praise God in judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. The translation of this is literally meaning, amen, holy is the soul of a man who is made happy, joyful, who did not wonder unto the path of the ungodliness fitted, uh, amen, uh, situate himself, his soul, in the manner of sinners, no assembly in the chair of the contemptuous. You see now, your reasoning, your logic, your discernment, your thoughts, amen, praise God, uh, your conscience, your heart, all of those that's in the soulless realm, all of those that's working in the soulless realm, it won't take on the wickedness of Satan because it's been trained by God to be happy in the midst of 
the situation that it's going through. But you catch the ungodly. All they want to do is find another problem. They're looking for it, looking for another situation, another unrighteous act to do. And they never get joy from it. It's so hard on them until they stay depressed all the time, worried all the time, anger, hatred, unforgiveness to the point that uh, it slows down that process of being developed, of being made. Amen. Is it in a contrast of the ungodly ways, the righteous, his joy, or happiness, and where he finds satisfaction and his accomplishment is in the keeping of the law of the Lord, not the words of the enemy, not the law of the enemy, but in the words of the Lord. You've got to meditate upon that word day and night. In addition to the keeping of the Lord's law, he turns them over in his mind or rehearse them over and over in his heart where the emotions reside day and night. The Psalm 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. He allows the word of God to make an effective counsel in his life. The word tells him when to get up, what to do, what not to do, because what he's retaining it in his heart. And God makes the word of the enemy ineffective. If I say it, God makes the word uh, earlier ineffective. I mean, God makes the word and the count, his counsel effective, but uh, the words of the enemy ineffective. Excuse me if I say it wrong. I'll be talking so much I can't hear myself sometimes. Amen. It becomes as an eyewitness to the soul and emotions heart for convincing it not to sin, amen, that the word, amen, praise God, those laws, amen, of the Lord is perfect, converting, amen, encouraging or giving confidence to the soul. That word begins to purify us because we are the new wine, amen, and that old wine skin must leave so the new wine is perfecting us inwardly as God is transferring the, uh, or giving us a new wine skin, not transferring, but giving us a new wine skin. 
so that both can do what? Grow up together. Amen. And it won't be no loss. You got to hold on. You got to let it make you. It don't feel good because sometimes I feel like going crazy. This stuff is so hard upon me. But I say, God, I got to stay with you. What did Peter say? Where can I go to where it is with you? In addition, because he has meditated on the law or the word of the Lord, he is in ability, amen, or for certain, ain't no doubt, I'm going to put doubt, Ain't no doubt. Amen. Ain't no doubt. This is your thing. Amen with God. Of for certainty shall be comparable to the tree. <clears throat> The tree of life, a man, praise God, was sown to live. But we're going to talk about the tree of Lebanon. You know, back in the olden days, uh, King David made a league with King Hiram, a man of Lebanon, to bring over their trees because those trees were, a man, cedar trees, and they were very precious. They, a man, praise God, represented uh, in King David's time, hierarchy uh, for quality trees or, uh, were uh, noted by wealth as far as cattle and land and people followed as if your house was built out of cedar tree of Lebanon, you were accepted as a, cer- a certain social class. So we should be just like those trees. Or we should be just like King David. Or we should be just like Jesus Christ. Amen. Had a certain, amen, social class. And if you have a certain social class, then you don't fool with Satan. If you're in the right mind. But he's messed up so many people's mind that God has to go in and work with us while we're being attacked. He'll do a number on us while we've been attacked, while we still bathe. So you would become like that tree. In the soul, the heart, and in the motion, you'll be just like that tree, uh, uh, that cedar tree that come out of Lebanon, of hierarchy. That's the way you're supposed to be. We're not supposed to be the tail. You were uh, noted by your wealth, amen, back in David's time. And even in Job's time, what wealth you had, Abraham's time was in the cattle and the servants and all of that. You were of nobility. You had blessings. You gained from it. That's all God wants to do is bless us, but Satan comes in to steal those blessings. I don't care what he do, he'll come in and steal all your blessings. And you... After he done messed up your mind, can't design him. So he got the advantage over you. You uh, 
would thrive like that water where they could live, amen, and thrive and grow without uh, hindrance, getting its nourishment from the water. The water is there for a man purpose. You ever seen us, uh, uh, some of us talk about Jesus being that water? Well, that water is there for purpose. It produces the nutrients so that the tree can produce fruits of its likeness in time of harvest. Some of you got harvest times, and you don't know how to, amen, reap the benefits because Satan is messing with you. You want to keep you on the cross. Satan is trying to steal your harvest, so he plants the tares during harvest time, during your harvest time. If some people, amen, this harvest is here, and God is trying to give you the blessings of it, but he done tried to stop the water, and the, the water is Jesus. During this time also his leaves shall not dry up, if the harvest is planted out of season, the leaf will not be nourished. So because of this tree, amen, the tree of Lebanon, the hierarchy tree, amen, we should be doing things just like David, living in wealth, living, amen, the way uh, we're supposed to live. So because of this, amen, tree being planted by the rivers of water, the living water, which is God, which is Jesus Christ, we are able to produce, to increase, to multiply in everything that we do if we hide that word in our heart, meditate upon it daily. We will see ourselves flourishing. The word, the uh, word has a core meaning. Amen. And it is an adjective. Praise God. <clears throat> what is uh, what it is? Uh, it does uh, define someone that has. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Already been mentioned. In this case, it speaks about the outcome of the ungodly. So, in uh, verses uh, one, ungodly are those that give wicked counsel to the righteous, saying that they are talking to us every day. The wicked consequences are different from the righteous. They are, amen, praise God like the seed that has an outer covering when harvest time comes, amen, and the covering is uh, separated from the seeds and blown away by the wind. It can't stay connected to the seed because it has no power. I don't care what Satan tried to do to you. He cannot stay connected to you. He cannot convert you because he don't have the power to do it. But he's trying to cause you to give up on God so that you won't have no covering. As the result of their wickedness and the wicked shall not represent a man himself in God's ruling averted. 
He won't be able to do it. Amen. Praise God. Because, amen, who is his lawyer? Who is his attorney? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. So in God's ruling or in his verdict, the wicked done already forfeited. He done already lost. No will transgressions of the law be able to gather in the congregation of the righteous. It won't be able to. Uh, they say there's a new heaven, and I've seen it, and a new earth. And ain't nobody there, ain't no dogs there, ain't no evil persons there, ain't no uh, wickedness there, but it's all holiness. For the Lord is acquainted with the path of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall die. Amen. You can read Isaiah 61, amen, on the tree of righteousness and Psalms 1 that speaks about the tree of righteousness by being planted by the rivers of water. Psalms 1 uh, was written first because it expressed all the things that he had encountered in life, David had encountered in life. He expressed that seeking the right counsel was important because it would be a protector against the enemy and give direction to have a prosperous life. God became his counselor that would counsel him into safety and victory over his enemy. This psalm was also um, an venereal encouragement throughout his life and uh, livelihood. Amen. Praise God. Today we need the counsel of God in order to protect us from the devil's snares and those that uh, the humans set for us. His first encounter was when he killed the lion and the bear while he was tending the sheep in the flood, in the fields, amen, and wherever he had to go and tend to those sheep. Amen, praise God. In the wilderness, wherever he went, before he even killed the lion and the bear, David had studied the rod and the staff that was uh, handed down to him from his father, amen, Jesse, who was from the tribe of Judah because he was of that lineage. So David had instructions from God that would help Abraham During his time, amen, praise God, Abraham would uh, eventually get a rod, amen, praise God, a staff, you want to call it, and he would write the instructions of God, amen, through pictures, illustrations, what God said he was going to do, and it was always brought to his remembrance. When God promised you something, a long time ago he came in before the enemy came in, and he began to tell you what he's going to do. Now the enemy is trying to knock you off course through these various trials and tribulations and illegal attacks. Amen. Abraham followed. Amen, God. Amen. And it was a success. Moses, amen, ended up with that rod, amen, that uh, God had given him. And uh, that's why David said, I rod and I staff. 
He got Abraham's, and then he got Moses. Amen. Praise God. Now King David has to apply these instructions, the counsel of God, to his own experience. For surely, if you live in this world, you will experience troubles and setbacks and will need surety and trust in God to deliver you out of all your afflictions, as David did. His second encounter was when David killed Goliath. If he had not had trusted God and walked in his counsel, Goliath would have killed him and made a slave out of Israel. David trusted in that rod and staff. He had the time to study it and put it in his heart when he was out there in the wilderness or desert places or wherever you want to say that he went. And then he had to uh, go through those things uh, with the lion and the bear because he had to make God his trust through the illustrations, those illustrations that Abraham and uh, Moses had written, and that gave uh, David encouragement to believe God. Today we think we want to don't believe God and we don't want to be encouraged. But pick up and trust on, uh, on uh, God for everything that you're going through because you will come out. You will come out. I tell God every day that I go through this hellish thing, I say, I'm coming out. I trust God. I don't care what Satan tried to do. He's a thief. He comes out but to steal, kill, and destroy. He'll steal your stuff. He'll talk to you. He'll influence you. He'll, uh, amen, have you uh, believe in all kind of stuff. Not unless you got that word here. That's what's keeping me today, the word. Uh, I would be just like everybody else. God gave me a chance to study the word, to read the word, to write my messages, to do everything, and I still say, God, I believe you. Just like Jesus did, he trusted the counsel of God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And uh, God went on to instruct Jesus. He said, I can only do what my father do. And he said, I can only say what my father say. Now, in the midst of this thing that the enemy is doing, you need to do what God shows you to do and trust and say what God says. I don't care if you have to wake up. You can't remember it in your sleep. You wake up and tell it. Now, it's written, devil. You defeated. There's no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You see, there ain't no distance between uh, the the spiritual realm and the natural realm. And you can catch that demonic oppression before it can manifest itself when you do what God say do and hear what God say. He left his home from heaven and came to a foreign land, trusting in God all the way to the cross, never seeing a word that would alter the fate of himself. And the counsel of God took him all the way to the cross. He would rehearse the scriptures. He would remember, oh, God said, when he first came to me and I got saved, and he began to tell me, I'm going to make you a great woman. I, I remember that. Oh, God said, no, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. 
I know I'm being attacked. I know my children are being attacked. I know that uh, things have been messed up in my life. But what God say? He doesn't do that. And the Bible says God is faithful. But he must perform the words that he has put on you. He's indebted. He's obligated to do what he told you he's going to do. So I sit back there. I might say some things in my mind, but I say, no, this is what God said. And I'm going to trust God at his word. And so he reminded himself, Jesus, amen, even all the way to the cross, he didn't doubt. He didn't trouble. He didn't change his thoughts. He didn't even allow his thoughts to work on him because he remembered what God said. So who should we trust in our crisis? Amen. The living God. And who should we trust? Amen. In everything, I don't care if the enemy put, the enemy put your children in jail. You say, no, nah, they're coming out. No, this ain't going to happen. I'm putting a stop to it because I got the rod and the staff. Amen. Praise God. Of God. Have a wonderful weekend. God bless.